This is the Golden V Podcast. The Golden V Podcast is a Vancouver, Canada-based podcast talking Vancouver sports. We talk about hockey, football, baseball, soccer, and other sports, including the Canucks, Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, Canadians, and any other relevant sports news in the Vancouver, Canada area. It's season three, episode six of the Golden View podcast. Two hours from game time, which I'm heading to for the BC Lions against the Calgary Stampeders in the CFL's Western semifinal. And so there's a game on right now that I'm actually not really tracking in the Eastern semifinal between Montreal and Hamilton. I actually can check the score for you. But while I do that, I'm going to keep going um, with some interesting stuff that I've seen uh, about the BC Lions and having been to, you know, seven home games this season. I've seen a lot. And so we've seen some interesting things uh, transpire uh, with the Lions. And it correlates with a tweet from Farhan Lalji um, about... um, What's been happening with the Lions' defense since August the 1st? Now, I know this, that uh, head coach Ryan Phillips is also interviewed, but um, Ryan Phillips is obviously in charge of the defense, but uh, we know how, you know, based on the player nominations, how good Matthew Betts has been this season, most sacks by a Canadian at 18, uh, how good Ben Holadic has been this season. But Farhan's stats tell a bit of a story that's show. Uh, he sent this out October 30th, since August 1st, Scoring 29.7 points per game is eighth in the league. They've allowed that. Uh, 376.5 yards per game is seventh allowed. Opposition first downs. 265 is ninth out of nine teams in the CFL. Second down conversion. Eighth in the CFL with 52.7%. And remember, and I know you, you people listening to the podcast or who's, and my audience knows that this is three down football, not four down football. Uh, like the NFL, takeaways, Lions are 15th with eight. And penalties of 46 is pretty stunning. They're last in the CFL, ninth with 46. And so there's some storylines going into this game. I think that tweet says one of them. I think the 41-16 loss to Calgary two weeks ago is another one. Um, it's, it's one of those ones where I don't know if the Lions were really in that game. Uh, but they lost 41-16, and they didn't look great. The game I'm thinking of, too how this relates to the defense and where I started to see a decline in the Lions was a 30-13 to loss to Hamilton on August 26th. The Lions really weren't in that game. Um, and so that was one of them. And then it was September 16th, the home game three weeks later against the Ottawa Rough Riders, how they um, were down by over 16 points uh, halfway through the game, right? And then they still managed to win in the fourth quarter. But uh, then, then again, Lions defense didn't look that strong. And so I think it's really going to be the key for the Lions is going to be defense. It's also going to be offense because uh, that game against Calgary, it it was pretty clear that Vernon Adams wasn't sharp uh, based on some of his statistics, the amount of uh, interceptions he threw, the fact they brought Dane Evans into that game. uh, And I heard Dane Evans post-game on the radio say how poor that he had played throwing two interceptions. And so they had two interceptions each. What does work in the Lions' favor uh, is the fact they haven't played for two weeks. Their last week of the season was a bye week uh, last weekend. So a lot of great storylines going here. I ultimately think the Lions win. 
I don't see a six and twelve team beating a twelve and six team twice. And it's disappointing too because I think the Lions could have probably had two or three more wins this season. The last home game against Calgary, the home game where they lost to Hamilton August 26th, uh, 30 to 13, and that would have elevated the Lions higher in the West. And they did lose to Winnipeg that game in overtime as well. Uh, but even though they lost that game on October 6th, with two wins against teams that weren't very good, uh, I really feel the Lions could have still finished first in the CFL, but we're past that now uh, because we're on to the Western semifinal. And there's another uh, semifinal-type playoff game tomorrow for the Vancouver Whitecaps, Sunday, November 5th at BC Place. And both the Lions and the Whitecaps have opened the upper bowl for those games, and the atmosphere and the amount of ticket sales for both games is over 30,000. So that's pretty spectacular. That's why I'm kind of calling this like a champions-type playoff weekend. Uh, Whitecaps lost last week 5-2 to two to LAFC in Game 1 of their three-game playoff series. So it's do or die for the Whitecaps uh, because if they lose today, they're out. Uh, one of the things I found out with this soccer match is there's no aggregate score. So if you lose 5-2 the week before, uh, at the end of a three-game series, they don't total the amount of goals scored in the series that you scored for and against. Uh, but the Whitecaps know they're in tough. We know that LAFC is last year's MLS champion. And so it's a really, really interesting weekend for the Whitecaps, who for the first time since 2017 uh, find themselves at home uh, hosting a playoff game. So it, it really, to me, is nothing but positive um, this season uh, for both these teams, right? I mean, just looking down at some stats here, um, Whitecaps are 9-11-9 and in Western Conference games. 7-0 uh, and record, and they score at least three goals. LAFC is 14-8-8 in conference play. 3-1-0 and record, it's games. It scores at least two goals. Uh, this is the third meeting of the season between these two teams. But the Whitecaps um, did not lose some of the previous games to to LAFC, even though they lost the playoff game. Um, and so it's like the Lions game. There's some really interesting parody here. Uh, if you look at some of the scores earlier in the season, I'm just trying to find them. That was a previous one. Um, but I'm trying to find some of the other stats because the Whitecaps actually did beat LAFC uh, at another time this season, and I just need to find the score. But uh, there's a lot of positives here for both these teams. But um, we're going to keep going because we're trying to cover um, all the teams on the podcast. So next ha we have up is the Vancouver Canucks. And again, uh, another winning team. Uh, you have the option, if you want to, to see the Lions today at 3.30, the Whitecaps tomorrow at 3.30, and the Canucks play the Dallas Stars tonight at 7 o'clock at GM Place. And so tonight it's the Canucks and Stars. The Canucks off to a 7-2-1 start, fresh off an absolute thrashing of the San Jose Sharks, who are 0-9-1, beating the Sharks 10-1 uh, on Thursday. And I actually switched the game off when it was 5-0. Uh, so just looking at some, running some numbers for the Canucks, they're up against the Stars team that's 7-1-1, uh, that just beat the Edmonton Oilers on Thursday night. And so this is a nice playoff matchup, right? Because it kind of feels like that, because it's a meaningful game for the Canucks. Uh, the Canucks then go on a bit of a road trip. They play Edmonton in Vancouver on Monday, which is another test for them after they soundly thrashed Edmonton to start the season in, in the home opener and then beat them in Edmonton in the next game. And so the Canucks play the Oilers on Monday, Senators Thursday, Maple Leafs Saturday, 
Canadian Sunday. And those three games are a Ontario road trip for the Canucks uh, to basically play three other Canadian teams, then back home on Wednesday, November 15th to play the Islanders. And so there's some interesting storylines around this team as well. Um, and the biggest thing for the Canucks is the way they started. Uh, but yet again, Rick Tockett um, is one of the main differences, and I think that's to be expected. But I've said this before in the last podcast, and I'll say it again. Um, one of the reasons why, why I think this is so successful for the Canucks is culture change. Tockett is part of that culture change with uh, Foote and Gonchar as a system coaches. That's uh, Adam Foote and Sergey Gonchar, both uh, former NHL defensemen who won Stanley Cups and were, you know, I don't know if they're both Hall of Famers, but very effective defensemen who were both good on offense and defense. Um, and so, but it, but again, it's still culture change from the top, right? I mean, we saw this time last year, Bruce was struggling with this team, meaning Bruce Boudreaux, but there's been moves made for the Canucks too now uh, after Bruce left that have improved the team that probably helped Talkin as well. Uh, one being the trading of one of the draft picks from the Bo Horvat trade to get uh, Philip Peronik uh, from Detroit. They got Philip Peronik and Hughes, meaning Quinn Hughes is one sort of super pair defense. But it's also the fact that the culture is good now between the coach, meaning Tockett, and GM Patrick Alvin, President Jim Rutherford, because um, those three align on what their vision is for the team. Uh, you saw it from day one. I actually watched the press conference when they brought Tockett in. Uh, they're obviously comfortable with Tockett. They all work together in Pittsburgh. Um, I think Tockett is doing the right thing with his team. I think he's molded them and shaped them. I've heard some of his comments in recent uh, interviews where he says stuff like, I don't want my players to get fat and happy just because we're playing well. Uh, he keeps them on an edge. I think he coaches them well. I think they have really good systems now. Uh, but I think they've improved their talent. They've also went out, as most people know, and got uh, backup goalie Casey to Smith, who is pretty effective in games where Thatcher Demko doesn't play. Uh, and so it's culture change as much as it is coaching, as much as it is upgrade on some of the talent that Bruce had. Uh, we all know that uh, not only was the talent upgraded from when Bruce was here, but uh, Rutherford and um, Bruce obviously didn't disagree on what's happening. And they also, um, Rutherford publicly called out Boudreaux uh, when the season started last year. So I think that makes a huge difference to this team. Because now a lot of these guys and a lot of these players, um, they can just show up and play uh, and they have a consistent, you know, sort of calm culture about them and around them. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see because, like I said, in the previous show, we're at the 10-game mark and we've seen a team uh, get to the 10-game mark at 7-2-1. and one. So I'm really interested to see what the next 10-game benchmark is going to be like. Uh, that's going to be another month through the month of November and so, yeah, there's some really interesting stuff happening with the Canucks. Uh, we're going to move on to the Vancouver Warriors. Uh, some good news on the Warriors front, too. Just saw this last night on their Facebook page. They have released some training camp games and practice schedule. So you've got three games coming up starting next week, Saturday, November the 11th, against the Colorado Mammoth. That game's at home. They then play next day, Sunday, at 9.30 in the morning. And I'm just going to uh, pull that up here. And then they have another game November 18th as well. In looking at those games, uh, they're all at the um, Langley Event Center. And so uh, you have an opportunity to see the Warriors kind of tune up their season. Uh, we've talked at length on the podcast about some of the Warriors' changes in the offseason. Earl and I covered the whole season last season for the Warriors. 
But here's that schedule for the Warriors, uh, Saturday, November 11th at 5 p.m. Warriors and Colorado Mammoth. Uh, their scrimmages free of charge at the Langley Event Center Fieldhouse, which is awesome. Sunday, November 12th at 9.30 a.m., Warriors and Calgary Roughnecks. Uh, Warriors and Las Vegas Desert Dogs, Saturday, November 18th at 7 p.m. And like the Warriors shared, shared on their Facebook account yesterday, it was 28 knots, 27 days until season's countdown against the Panther City uh, lacrosse team Friday, December 1st at Rogers Arena. And so the Warriors season is inching closer and we're seeing some scrimmage games and lots of uh, PR on their social media. But what I really like about this 28-day uh, picture count on their Facebook page is it uses one of the guys that we really analyzed a lot last season. That was Reed Bowering. And just his... Uh, almost, um, I'm trying to think of the best word, tenacity at running after loose balls. Reed is so effective. Um, I, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do this season uh, with a different coach, with uh, Kurt Miloski, um, and the number of changes that they've made uh, to that team. And I know I let off of them first last week, but I want to get to the Vancouver Giants, uh, who played last night in Wenatchee, Washington, against the Wenatchee Wild, uh, losing that game 3-2. to two. The Giants are home tonight at the Langley Event Center to play the Canvas Blazers. And so Giants right now sit at 5-8-1 and one after the last, last night to Wenatchee. Uh, they lost to Tri-City also on Wednesday. And so Vancouver's in tough, I think, against uh, Kamloops. I have a really good memory of the playoff game I saw in May of 2022 against Kamloops. And obviously the Giants got swept last year by Kamloops uh, in the first round of the WHL playoffs. But... This is going to be a good game tonight, too. I really hope the Giants uh, bounce back. Um, but going through a little bit of Giants news news here while we're at it, um, I just want to see what else they've got because I had prepped some notes for yesterday on the Giants, um, and then I missed the chance to do the podcast. So I've got some good information, um, but I want to break down a little bit more um, on this game against... Kamloops because it's important to do that so it's a Kamloops game um, starts at 7 Sportsnet 650 uh, nice little preview here on the Giants website looking down at it 5-8-1 um, as I said Cam Spacers 4-10-2 and two. so neither team doing that well to start this season the Giants defeated Kamloops 4-3 on October the 29th and so um, today's matchup is the third of eight meetings between Vancouver and Canloops this season. And I don't think the Giants have updated their website because they still have Ty Thorpe um, with nine as top scorers. Brett Merwald um, still has the top goals against at 3-4-3. But given you a complete uh, breakdown, Giants are fourth in their division. Canloops is fifth in their division. Uh, conference rank, Vancouver 10th, Canloops 11. Giants 3-6-1 and one in their past 10. Canloops 3 7 0 and 0. Um, home Giants are 4 2 and 1, away 1 and 6. Uh, ranking with goals against the 2.86, 19th. Kamloops uh, 2.63, and those are actually both goals for, not goals against. Goals against uh, for Kamloops 19th at 67. That's, four, that's a 4.19 uh, goals against average. Giants at 3.64 goals against average uh, for 13th. And so, yeah, we still have Thorpe with nine points as leaders. Uh, Gronick, three, six, and nine. 
Roberts, three, six, and nine. Uh, Sador with 15 points for Kamloops with 11 goals. Um, looking back a little bit at last night, um, let's see what else we can get out of this because Ty Halliburton got his fourth of the season. Uh, Aaron Obel Bifo scored his second in two games, and the Giants had something on his uh, on their Facebook page when Aaron scored his first uh, goal Wednesday night as well. So that pretty much wraps up the podcast. Hope you've had a chance to tune in and listen. Uh, I'm going to try and keep moving forward here with getting more and more uh, Giants news and other kind of um, sports news in Vancouver. But yeah, it's going to be a big weekend in Vancouver. Lions, Whitecaps, uh, Vancouver Canucks uh, playing the Dallas Stars. Uh, Warriors, we've covered that. We've we've covered the Giants and the only team not really around right now or not really doing much, although the Major League Baseball season has finished, so it filters down to Vancouver, uh, is the Vancouver Canadians, who the only thing I've seen on their social media recently um, is some stuff on 2024 season ticket packages, which I don't really cover. Uh, but I'm going to keep tabs on a number of the players we covered this season because I do subscribe to some Blue Jays updates. So I'm interested to see uh, where some double-A players like Alan Roden end up to start next season, as well as uh, you know some of the other uh, high-A and double-A prospects f- for the Blue Jays. This is the Golden Bee Podcast. Talking Vancouver sports. We talk about hockey, football, baseball, soccer, and other sports, including the Canucks, Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, Canadians, and any other relevant sports news in the Vancouver, Canada area.